Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. I am over my cold. I have a bit of a cough, not a cough, but a clearing of throat today as I was coaching clients. So if I cough, I apologize, and hopefully my team will be able to edit it out. All right. So I'm so excited to talk about today's show. I'm going to share a little bit. <laughs> of insight into my life. But before I do that, I'm so, so excited. Do you ever have that experience where people make a promise? Oh, I'm going to do that. And then they don't follow through. And for a long time, I think I collected a lot of people in my life that were like that. They would say things like, oh yeah, let's get together. Let's have coffee. And it would never happen. Or yes, I'm going to post an iTunes review. Thank you so much. And maybe they didn't do it. And I have a huge shout out for Junie734 from one of my favorite countries, because Australia is now in there too, but from Canada. I did a mini coaching session with her a couple weeks ago and got to meet her. And she said that she was going to follow up and leave a review. So I'm so excited because I just saw today in my inbox that she had. So let's see here what she has to say, because I haven't even read it yet. The title is how you've been a big part of my journey. Corinne, I have to share with you how you've been such a huge partner in my personal journey and transformation over the past two years. When my mother passed away suddenly almost two years ago now, I slowly over the next six months unraveled. Initially, I threw myself into work. I mean, workaholic, driving, approval whoring, trying to control everything. It was bad and unsustainable. At the same time, I had been reading anything Brene Brown wrote and then started looking for podcasts with her and I found you. I ended up taking leave for a bit and started working on my stuff. I soon learned everything stemmed from not feeling enough or worthy. This was learned from my parenting and is basically at the root of any relationship challenges and choices I made. I decided it was time to do the work around this and I owned it. Your podcast became a large part of my support system as I worked with my counselor. Each podcast felt like a coffee chat with a pal to unpack what I was working through, and you became my partner and bestie through it all. You had so many podcasts to listen to. I could meet up with you daily. I've paid it forward so many times, always referring you to my friends, working through similar stuff. I feel my tribe and my cohort is focused on living an authentic and courageous life. So you really resonate with us. Something about midlife seems to inspire authenticity I have found. So today I was listening to your podcast about belonging. And as usual, it felt like a personal conversation with you, even more than usual. I have learned this work is not one and done. And the really tough part is having a consistent practice to live a wholehearted life. I just want to say I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for your emails and podcasts to keep me active in my practice. I'm so grateful every time I hear you say my friend, because for me, you are my friend and a very wise one. Until our next eagerly anticipating coffee chat via iTunes. Good night, my friend, Janice. Oh my gosh, I have tears. 
Thank you so much. That was awesome. I know that there was resistance to leaving because it isn't the easiest thing and it does take time and we want to have the right words and all that perfectionist stuff that can get in the way. So Janice, big shout out, big hugs to you over the air. And you guys, I've been doing the show since 2006. It's been in a variety of formats. Some of you love the old interview formats and I love them too. And I love this format as well. And I just so appreciate the fact that I get to be a part of your life and it is a huge honor and a huge privilege. And I just so appreciate it. So Janice, I was happy to walk with you. I'm glad that I got to be there. And you guys, if you're new to the show, there are probably close to 700 podcasts in the archives. Go dive into them. You could have your own Netflix binge in podcasts just here. Lots of thought leaders, authors, researchers, this show is really about how to do it. That's how I started. The show title is really old. It's from 2006. I would have made it much shorter if it had been 2020 that I wrote it, but that's okay. The content is fantastic. There's Dr. David Hawkins. There's Brene Brown. There's Carol Dweck. There's Dan Pink. There's so many great people. You know, there's my friend Karen Walrand. Anna Vocino, a client of mine, was telling me how she had listened to that podcast the other day. Anna, if you guys don't know, she's the voice of Must See TV on Thursday night. She's a voiceover actress and also the author of the cookbooks Eat Happy. She's fantastic. And she also does comedy shows. So if you're in LA, go catch her. If you're in New York, go catch her. Anyways, it's been an honor and a privilege. I love it. My shows are not numbered because I'm one of the originals. Again, 2006, before podcasting even became a thing. And I was broadcasting live radio at the time. So Janice, thank you so much. I'm honored and privileged to have been a part of your journey. And thank you, my friend, for following through and leaving a review to share with others because it really helps. One, it helps because if people are trying to figure out what to listen to, a lot of times we're now trained due to Amazon and so on. Well, what does the review say? And then the other is it helps with some sort of Apple iTunes algorithms or something. But anyway, so if you haven't, go leave a review. That is a great way for you to share your story about how the show has helped you. What have you learned? What have you been your takeaways? What do you like? What do you not like? All constructive. All right, my friend. So today I'm here to talk about, it's not supposed to happen that way. Do you ever have that voice in the back of your head? It's not supposed to happen this way. It's not supposed to happen this way. And the reality is, is that I spend a lot of time coaching my clients on overcoming this obstacle. It's not supposed to happen this way, or I don't want this to happen this way. And address rehearsing the worst case scenario. This limiting belief of it's not supposed to happen that way. Actually, the area that I want to talk about today is in the difficulties and the truth about relationships and connections. And if you've been a longtime listener, if you're a follower of Brene Brown's work, you know that we are hardwired for connection. We are humans made for connection. People have different capacities for connection. Some who are introverts have less abilities to connect with lots of people, can be more draining than people who are extroverts. It's not right or wrong. I've had to give myself a lot of permission on that. And my husband's definitely an introvert. And I'm definitely an extrovert. I tried to be an introvert for a while. I was like, I think I'm an introvert. And really, I'm a shy extrovert. Believe it or not, here I am on this radio show. But I'm a shy extrovert. Like, bring me to a party. And that is my biggest nightmare. Put me in small conversations with people. Oh, my God, I love it. So I love people. I really, really do. 
I love people and I love connection, like real connection with authenticity, not people pleasing, not stuff that doesn't matter. I love connection. But in order to have connection, you have to be able to be willing to be authentic. The other thing that's really important that I had to do for myself was give myself permission that I wasn't needy for wanting connection. For those of you that resonates with, maybe you have that voice in the back of your head is I'm needy because I want connection. No, you're not needy. You're a person that desires connection. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that there's a match along the other side with the person that you're trying to connect with because maybe they don't desire connection. Maybe they don't have the capacity because there are days when I'm out and about in the world and I'm leading a lot of people and there's a lot of energy that goes on that, yeah, I do come home and I don't want to talk to anybody. (laughs) I'm thinking about my 20 year old self and I was coaching swimming the first summer and it was like 13 hour days. They were grueling and in the heat of Davis, California, triple digits. And I didn't like heat and I was coaching and trying to figure all this out. And I just remember going, the only thing I want to do on my day off is to go to the movies. I want to sit inside of air conditioning. I want to be in the dark and I want to be entertained and I don't want to talk to anybody because back then one, my capacity wasn't as big as it is now. And two was I had a lot of contact with people. So I was pretty drained. I needed to go and fill myself back up. Okay. It wasn't a bad thing. It's checking in with what you need. It's like when you are hungry and you need food to fuel you, it's not bad to eat, right? We want to get rid of these judgments that we have. So give yourself permission. If you want connection, if you desire connection, you're not needy. And then check in what kind of connection do you want? But here's the thing, because this is what my clients struggle with. Connection is hard, right? It's hard. And we kind of think in our brains, it's supposed to be easy, right? We think about television shows. I love to talk about television shows because they create these stories of how the world's supposed to be. And I remember I've watched Sex in the City too recently. And I remember when my daughters were babies and I started watching Sex in the City. And I thought, oh, and then they were young and because that show went on for a while. And I would envy their Sunday morning brunches that they would have together. And I'd be like, oh, I want that. Well, really the last place I was going to go on a Sunday morning when my kids were little was leave my home. We were all home. We were together and I wanted to be home. And then the other thing was the last thing I was going to do and definitely won't be doing now is I was not going to wear stilettos or get nice clothes on because when I did have the capacity to leave, (laughs) I didn't want to spend any extra energy on getting myself dressed up. That's just not where my capacity was back then. But what I really wanted was that connection with other friends, with people who cared about me, who I cared about. But we look at sex in the city, not with the men per se, because right, because there's all the drama, but those girlfriends, for the most part, they were there. It was so easy. You didn't see the stumbling moments so often, right? Or the vulnerability of reaching out or making a phone call. And there wasn't texting back then. We're not living a television show where we get to edit out those uncomfortable moments where you send a text of an invitation and then there's those three dots and then there's nothing. And all you get to be with is your brain. And if your brain is not your best friend, and if your brain is one of your biggest critics, it's going to say mean things. Oh, see, she didn't really want to hang out with you. You thought you were good friends, but that's not how it is. Or you're just too needy for wanting connection or see she's really important 
and busy and why are you bothering her? Whatever the chatter may be, those are the typical voices that my clients hear. And my clients are pretty darn amazing people. Really, they are. But they have these limiting beliefs. We all do. We have this chatter that goes on. So this is why it's not easy because we get vulnerable and that's uncertainty, emotional exposure and risk. And what we do often, and this happens all the time, my clients are like, forget it. I'm just going to stay home. (laughs) I just coached somebody this week. She's like, I'm just going to stay home. It's so much better. I'm like, but you want connection. That's what you've been building this community and having connection and having friends. And she's like, yes, it's everything I want, but I want to stay home because what if I don't say the right thing? Or what if I mess up? Like we're so hard on ourselves. I mess up on the show all the time. I've done radio shows where we lost air or I forgot to, you know, turn on the microphone or, you know, there'd be babies crying or there'd be dogs barking in the background. And so often people forgave all of that because they wanted the information, the content, and they gave me grace right? And sure, there were the critics who were like, oh, Corinne, can't you just figure this out? And they left. And that's okay. We weren't a wants match. Because I gave myself the space and the permission to not be perfect. I gave that space for my guests to not be perfect. I realized we weren't going to be this high polished show and I didn't want it to be a high polished show. And look, it's helped so many people through the world. Really, it has. So we need to let go of this idea that we can't make mistakes or we can't do this right? We can't because people are going to leave us. Some people may not tolerate it and that's okay because you'll be able to find your people. So that's one of the obstacles of getting in the way of connection, right? The other one is we have work, we have families, right? We have all sorts of busy and all of that stuff just creates this arena where we're going into wanting to have connection, but there's vulnerability. It's uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And I think about my junior year in college was awesome. I was living in this total, like it was like Melrose place. It was this dive, but it was right near campus. It was so much fun. There were these cute guys that lived in the apartment complex. We all hang out. It was just awesome. You know, people just hung out. We didn't lock our doors. It was really friendly and people, there was lots of connection. Of course, I'm going to love it. And one of the things back then, we didn't have cell phones because I went to school in the early 90s. But school at that time didn't really have class at noon that I can remember. And so it was kind of like this unwritten rule, or maybe we made this agreement at some point that, hey, at noon, if you don't have class, then let's meet up at the quad. At UC Davis, there's this great big coffee house, which was really food. It was beyond the coffee, but it had all this food. And I didn't drink coffee back then. That's hilarious. I thought coffee was so disgusting. My 20-year-old self would look at me and go, really, Corinne? Anyways... So, but there's food, you get to see people. It was awesome, right? People would sit around for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 50 minutes, and then go off to class. Best time of my life. It was so simple. It was like sex in the city, friends on the television show, Melrose Place, right? The comings and going. And one of the things that happens as we get older is we move into our homes. It's a lot easier to get isolated. We get really busy. And then especially, you know, as moms, caretakers, we restart to put everybody else's needs in front of ourselves. And it's a great way to get disconnected. And I see this with my male clients too, especially those in their 50s, where they get lonelier, right? It just becomes harder to create those connections. And again, we must give ourselves permission, permission that there's not something wrong with us if we want connection, we desire connection. As long as we're not imposing what we want onto somebody else, as long as there's 
a common matchup between what you desire and what I desire, right? So it's not imposing your will on somebody. It's about having our desires matched up together. That's where it gets messy, right? Because that's where the vulnerability is like, what do you want? What do I want? Oftentimes people are like, forget it, not going to do it. Or often where my clients will be like, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm like, how about go in and ask for what you want? And how about negotiate, right? And be willing to discuss these things. And instead of thinking of it as black and white, and that's what happens with this connection that we desire in relationships. Again, whether they're friendships or this is maybe a partner that we want to have, or we want to be dating somebody, we want that connection, but it's so scary because we're afraid of if I put myself out there and ask for what I want, what if they don't want it? And in my words, it's, oh, see, I'm going to lose face. People just know, Corinne, who do you think you are? You're just that loser girl from down the street. But really, it's just not a matchup, desire match with the two of you. So recently, I've decided in 2020, in 2019, I worked a lot. I worked a lot and I was quite busy. And in 2020, I realized that, guess what? I want to play more. I want to have more connections. And I know a lot of people and I'm really busy. And so in the fall, a group of girlfriends, we ran into each other and there's four of us and we're all really good friends, but we'd never come together. So we came together. It was my sex in the city brunch. We had a Sunday brunch. It was so awesome, fun. We talked about lots of stuff and it was just great. Loved it. Women's empowerment. It was awesome. Great, great connection. So we're like, hey, let's do this every month. Well, here's the thing. Two of us in the group are empty nesters and then two of us still have a child at home. And, you know, that was probably September, October. And then we had Thanksgiving and then Christmas and the holidays. And so we tried to get together, but it wasn't working with our families coming home and the holidays and so on. So last week I was sitting at my desk and I thought, hey, I've got some space this weekend. I wonder if they can get together. So I go into our group text and I send out a message. I said, Hey, do you guys want to get together? Get a response. Yes. Sunday would be great. Immediately after, Oh, I can do Saturday. The other person, nothing. Now it's like, uh Oh, we have a conflict again. This is that vulnerability, right? And especially if you're really good at people pleasing, like you believe it's your responsibility to make everybody happy. I don't have that belief anymore, but there's still an uncomfortableness. And if you have that belief, it's your job to make everybody happy. There's going to be even more uncomfortableness. So now there's tension in the text of like, okay, one person wants Sunday, one person wants Saturday. What's the other person? So we're waiting, waiting, hours go by. Finally, one of the women says, oh, she's out of town with her daughter. So one person goes, okay, fine. I'll give up my Zumba class. And I'm like, I don't want you to give up your Zumba class. And so we're kind of in this negotiation And it's like, okay, if you could do the person who could do Sunday, could you do Saturday, maybe at an earlier time? And we're negotiating all this. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, we're thinking Saturday and Sunday morning. What about Friday night? I actually have Friday night open. And I put that out there. And here's the thing. I knew one of the women, I knew Friday, they tend to not do much because they're pretty tired. So I thought it might be a no, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to ask. All I'm going to do is put out the invitation not an obligation. And maybe it can open up another option. Remember, I have a key belief is I'm resourceful. So this is me always trying to figure stuff out. So I put that out there and one's like, oh my gosh, Friday's way better. So I vote Friday one, number two, I'll do Saturday. This is the woman that could do Sunday. And the other woman goes, I'm out Friday. 
So I'm like, oh, here we go again. We need like a doodle form to figure out where it all lines up. So that I think about it. I'm like, okay, one of our friends can't make it. So we still want to get together, all four of us. We have all these conflicts with the three of us. What if I go out to dinner tonight with this one friend and then tomorrow I got to breakfast with the other friend? It's like problem solved. I get to connect with the people and then we'll have another one in a couple weeks. So I put that out as an option. It's like, okay, at this point, what's there to lose? There's so many texts and this is like over a period of six hours. Now there's a voice in the back of my head saying, Corinne, stop bothering people. Leave them alone. This isn't going to work. Just decide it's not going to happen. But I sent out the text. And remember, inclusivity is really, really important. The friend who couldn't go Friday night said, you know what? That will totally work. I have coffee with her next week. And then the next day I got to go have breakfast with my other friend. And we're going to work on having our group of four. So my point with this is, is that there is this discomfort. There's that vulnerability. And you've probably heard me say vulnerability is the pathway to what it is that you want. Whatever it is, if you want connection, if you want meaningful relationships, if you want to achieve your deepest desires, your goals, what we believe is that in order to create that success, so for this case, the success of the three women and I getting together, to create that success, what would happen is it would be easy, right? We think it's not supposed to happen this way. It's not supposed to happen that way of, oh, all these texts over probably six hours last Friday, six hours of texting. And again, you know, it's, we're all going back and forth because we're working throughout the day, six hours. The immediate limiting belief is an obstacle we create in our brain. It's not meant to be. My friend, this is really, really important. It is supposed to happen that way. And the reason you know is because it is. So instead of arguing with whether it should be happening this way or it shouldn't be happening this way, which is all judgment and we eliminated should 10 years ago. And instead, what I chose to do was to continue to be brave, was to continue to ask for what I wanted and see what we can make work. Because these women are fantastic and it was so nice to have connection. And oftentimes when I'm out there being brave, doing this kind of work, I remind myself we are hardwired for connection. And if they were to say no, then it would be up to me to clean it up and not make it mean that, oh, you're too much or they don't want to be with you, right? Instead, it's about today, it didn't work. Or maybe we aren't the kind of friends that do this. Maybe it isn't a wants match. The thing is, it's important to have clear communication, clear communication. Speak up, ask for what you want. I have a client that does this so brilliantly. She has this great group of friends that she does stuff with and, you know, this tremendous list and she puts out invitations all the time and she's not attached to, you know, if they can do it, that's fantastic. And if they can't, that's okay too. And if we can get her to do that on our dating world, if we're going to get her to do that on our dating world, she's got this great skill set to apply it there because her worthiness, like she gets in the way of herself with attaching her worthiness of whether a date works out well or doesn't work out well, but she doesn't do it with her friends. So it's a great skill set to have. So speak up, ask for what you want. Know what you can say yes to without resentment. That is really important because how often have you or have I, and I've done it a lot, I'm 47, I did it a lot, and I have to be really conscientious about it now, of saying yes 
sacrificing myself and later having resentment. And that was very costly to the relationship because I would make sacrifices, say yes, because I so wanted to be with this person and not have my own back and take care of the things I need to take care of. And later on, get really upset with myself and the other person because I would believe that they were taking advantage of me, but I allowed it. So know what you can say yes to without resentment and give yourself permission to say no. That is so important. Give yourself permission to say no. And most important, never make it about you being worthy. If it's a no, it's not about you being worthy. Instead, I invite you, start with you are worthy right here, right now. You are already worthy. And then make these invitations. Whether they say yes or no, it's not about you being worthy. It's about a yes or a no. One of the things I use all the time in swimming is I love swimming. It's a totally objective sport, right? Like rarely does it become inobjective because it's you and a clock. Sometimes we might have some officiating issues, but rarely. And one of the things about the sport is that the clock doesn't care if you're a nice person or you're not a nice person. When you put your hand on the wall, it gives you a time. If we could be that clean with whether it's dating, creating the relationships we want, creating the friendships that we want, creating the connections we want. If somebody says no, it's just information so that don't go to the coffee shop. Don't go to breakfast at that time and expecting them to be there because they said no. When you put your hand on the wall, here's time that you got. If you don't like the time, then it's about what needs improvement. If you're not getting the results that you want in the relationships that you have, take a look at them. Does the person have capacity? It's not about you being worthy. It's not about you being lovable. You may not be a match with each other and that's okay. And if we can trust that and set that person free, then what happens is that we can find, we have the space so that we can find the people, we can create the space to be with the people that are a match. Remind yourself that people want connection. And that is so important. And that gives me courage. It's like, I remind myself, people want connection. People do. We want to be connected. And unfortunately, our phones have allowed us to get disconnected because we can go certain places and while we're waiting around, it's just so much easier to pull out a phone, but we want connection. I watch this on my pool deck all the time. I have these dads who come and they now bring their chairs and they love to just sit there and they chat with each other. It's their hangout time, right? And then I watch some parents who come in and maybe they don't have anybody. And so it's easier to pull out a phone, right? But we want connection. We want to know, do you see me? Do I matter? But here's the thing for you. You do matter and you must believe that and then find the people, the right people for you, because there are people for you. Get rid of the belief of it's not supposed to happen this way. Just let that one go. It's an obstacle that's getting in the way of creating what you desire for your life. And instead of, I want you to overcome the obstacle by being committed to the best case scenario. And yes, always manage risk. So the best case scenario is if not with this person, then with somebody else, there is somebody else really, and manage the risk of that. And the risk in this case is the risk of vulnerability, right? It's what is your capacity to put yourself out there? What do you have the ability to risk? Maybe is it sending a text? Maybe breakfast is too much, but maybe it's going up to somebody while you're waiting for your kids at gymnastics and just chit-chatting. That might be your ability 
to handle risk for at that moment. And you can build that up. It's like a muscle. The other risk, I guess, is the no, the potential this person doesn't want to spend with you. It's okay. You can manage the risk by what you make that no mean. It's you too not being a fit. You're two pieces of a puzzle that don't match. That's okay. Go find your puzzle that does match, your puzzle piece that does match. It may be that the other person doesn't have the capacity in their life right now. What I know for sure, and this is really important, is that everyone, and yes, I mean everyone, has their own struggles that they're working through. And sometimes it's so easy to make it about you of like, oh, if somebody doesn't say hi to you, oh, see, she doesn't really like me. But you don't know what she may be struggling with internally. Maybe she's taking care of aging parents. Maybe she's going through a separation or troubles in her marriage. Or maybe she's struggling with raising kids. Or maybe she's struggling with work. We just don't know what's going on. So instead, make the most generous assumption for them and for you and allow them to say no so that you can then go find the right person for a yes. This is my thing that I like to often say, it's an invitation, not an obligation. And that is a beautiful way to surrender when you're asking for what you want without gripping energy. It's an invitation, not an obligation. Give yourself permission to ask for what you want. And if not here, then someplace else. And really, if not this person, there will be a someplace better, really. And I understand this requires trust and faith. And my friend, it is my ongoing practice too, to trust, to have confidence and to have trust and faith because my thing is, let me just make it happen, right? Let me grind it out. But that's graspy energy. I believe in you and I believe in your ability to create the connection that you desire, your heart desires. Desire it, dream about it, commit to it, and go and create it. So here's the thing. If you need help with what you make things mean, right? When somebody says no, don't worry, I have the thing for you. It's the Mindset Practice Workbook. Go to the website. You can either go to the link in the show notes or go on my website, How She Really Does It. Stick in your email, you get the workbook do the workbook. It is about application. That is how you create transformation. This information is great because it starts to absorb into our brain. Then you want to apply it. That way you live it. So this mindset journal is what I use every day to ground myself before I start my day. In fact, in my calendar, I have 20 minutes every day that repeats and it's my grounding. And this is what I do is I do my mindset. I declutter all the crappy thoughts in my brain. I become aware of the stories that are limiting me. And then I become deliberate about choosing what I want to believe. And I commit to those beliefs. And I do that over and over. And one of the things that I believe like probably 15 years ago, I used to say, this shouldn't be happening. It's not supposed to happen. This isn't supposed to be doing it this way. Right? (laughs) My belief was I'm resourceful. I can figure things out. So now when the obstacles come, I'm like, oh yeah, crap, I'm resourceful. Those are my down days. And then other days I'm like, Corinne, you're resourceful. You'll figure this out. And it's okay. You can sleep on it and come back to it tomorrow. Because usually I can. It's not a fire in that moment. So grab the workbook and use it. And if you're still struggling with the application of it, don't worry, I've got you. I'm going to be having another mindset workshop 
So this spring, I'll be having another one. So keep an eye out on the newsletter. All right, you guys, thank you so much. I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.